Hi friends, I'm Momi, your host. And I'm Hina, your other host. This is a show where we unpack our trauma through movies and television. You know, like adults. We've been best friends for 10 years, so there's a lot of trauma. Every episode, we give unfiltered advice to fictional relationships, romantic, platonic, or otherwise. You get all the satisfaction of spilling tea without any of the consequences. It's like a Tumblr fever dream circa 2009. We promise to keep our use of the terms SHIP and OTP to an absolute minimum. This is Parasocial. That, that was a little teaser. I was a little I teaser. Who is that sad, that sad little, little person? person? How are you doing today? I hope that you're doing well. We're back. We're back at you again from the parasocial closet. Hey. We've been thinking about retrofitting this closet to be more of a podcasting space. Mm-hmm. You know, clothes usually go in closets, but that's for small-minded people. And right, so we, we do both. We do both. We're progressive. Yeah. So this is going to become an office somehow. Yeah. And I also, suggested some mood lighting. I didn't like that. And she didn't like it. So yeah. Back to square one, folks. Well, not well. There's no outlets inside this closet. That's what extension cords are for. Oh God, no! I'm not gonna have extension closet. No, going it, it doesn't have to look tacky. You just always assume it's gonna look tacky. Yeah, I don't want any more. I already have so many in my in my room. It goes around my entire room. I don't want them in the closet too. Fine. We can do some hue lights or something, but okay. No strip lights. Fine. Fine. Okay. Fine. You know what? As long as we have <laughs> comfy chairs. Because my back is the back of an eighty-year-old. Yeah, that's the that's the limiting factor there. Yeah. Oh my God. This morning I couldn't walk, so yeah. it was a fun time today. Well, how how do you usually fix that, mommy? I have to lay in bed and stretch, mm-hmm. and then I roll out of the bed, mm-hmm. and I stretch more. I see. Until I can stand up, and then I limp around the house for a few hours. Okay. Until I can stay hor I can stay horizontal long enough for my back to chill the fuck out. I see. How often does this happen? Well, it hasn't happened in like four or five months. Okay. Yeah, it it's way less often than it used to be. Yeah. That's good. But when it happens, boy, is it back. You're to down for the count. Yeah. It's usually just like a day or two and then yeah. I'm back I'm back to business as usual, but it's just a reminder. Stretching and walking and exercise is important. Yeah, that's is, once again, this is a healthy corner with Dr. Mummy <laughs> Dr. telling Mommy. you how to take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. said, um, be kind to yourself. <laughs> take care right. of yourself. Be nice to yourself. Uh, before we get into it, let's do a little housekeeping. If you like the show, maybe even if you hate the show, 
that's even more reason to follow at her social <laughs> angst. Uh, um, interesting housekeeping today. You can email us your love or your hate letters, parasocialpodcast at gmail.com. You can watch me fumble through video games and watch bad movies with us if you follow yes, twitch.tv slash parasocialpodcast. If you want your friends to also send us hate mail and love letters, well, here's the thing. All you have to do is share it on your stories. Yeah. And most importantly, because it helps us drive up the charts, hey. rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Dun, da, da, da. Dun, da. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. That well, was housekeeping with Hina. Yes. <laughs> I The maid. Hina the maid housekeeper. <laughs> uh, uh, what are we talking about today, mommy? We are talking about The Devil Wears Prada. The best movie of all time. Oh my god, such a great movie. Miranda Priestly is the only villain that I love more than Regina George. Ooh, okay. She is my ultimate. Okay. Ultimate. I want to embody her. I want to be okay. her. She's your icon. She's your idol. She. I have a little shrine, a little Miranda Priestly shrine. Okay. You worship and her. Every day I dedicate myself to becoming more like her yeah and you know it's a full-time job Mm -hmm. you can't get lazy about it of course it's one of those things where like i'm striving for miranda Priestley, even i even though i will never get there it's still a worthwhile pursuit yeah gaslight gatekeep girl Girl boss. boss the best things in life are difficult and hard to come by yes and i'm unafraid to to face that darkness and and to walk into it with full faith, with uh, the Holy Spirit on uh-huh. my side, with Jesus Christ. Um, I imagine that he's also a Miranda, Miranda Priestly, Priestly fan. Mm. Jesus was was big Miranda Priestly. Loved it when the movie came out. Got Such it. a fangirl. Mm. You're going to start a cult with Jesus and Kind of like a Jesus-Miranda Priestly fusion. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, let's talk about that hair. The priestess. The, the, the priestess. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. <laughs> That I was tried. atrocious. I know. I um, well, Jesus Christ had amazing hair. We're led to believe. So that's uh-huh. that's right. Something to behold. Yeah. He was kind of doing like a wrapped layered moment before it was even thought of. Mm. Kind of giving you like flowing, ethereal. <laughs> I woke up like this kind of energy. He was the first one to invent the runway. He walked on water. What else? What else? Immaculate conception, uh, ethereal being, right? Is that not what a model is at the end of the day? Trendsetter, right? Clearly. Had a social media following before social media. He like went old school and did the paper book thing. Two volumes, New and Old Testament. (laughs) Iconic. This bit is intense. I'm gonna cut you off um, right there. I, I minored in religion on. in college, and you're you're lucky that I didn't bring up the Council of Nicaea and kind of no, like absorb no, this. Okay. she's done it, and I refuse. All right, well, all right. You want to hear why I chose this movie? Yeah, Dead Sea Scrolls, kind of like an Instagram story. If you really think about it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. The floor is yours. Oh my bad. Some people uh, want to make their friends laugh. I want to make them hurt. Go ahead. Apparently. So anyway, I chose this movie because this movie spends a lot of time vilifying a woman who's passionate about her work and who's a perfectionist. She has a lot of self-respect and she's hella Mm self-centered. But it's qualities that I feel like women now, like in our day and age, 
we're striving for those qualities more and more. Uh, Not, like which ones? Of like just having that self-respect, being willing to kind of like go above and beyond to pursue our careers and the things that we want to do. Yeah. There's a lot of ne- there's there's some ne- negative aspects of Miranda Priestly that yeah, we definitely say that. should not embody. Right. But like there there is a part of her I think at her core that right. is inspirational and that we can relate to and maybe even want to pull from. Okay. Nowadays. So that's all we're going to talk about this movie. Gotcha. And on the other hand, mm-hmm. so it's, for me, it's kind of like this duality in that, like, on the other hand, you have Andy, who was seen as, like, kind of like a turncoat to her friends when she started to prioritize, like, her work and her job uh-huh. over them, which was, like, in a toxic manner. She was seen as a turncoat? Well, like, she was, they just thought that she was betraying her, betraying them. I asked, what the fuck is a turncoat? Like a traitor, like a a person who deserts one one's party or cause in order to join an opposing one. Yeah. Get that from Wiki. No. <laughs> what? Just kidding. Wow, the insult to my vocabulary. Mommy, every episode we have Listen, a mommy's new word corner. It's a pronunciation issue, not a I don't know what it means issue. Okay, okay. there's a fucking difference. Uh... The point is... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. The point is... Yeah, I'm listening. She, she <laughs> transforms herself and leans into her strong work ethic and really throws herself at this new job. And it's basically a lesson in, like, work-life balance. And <laughs> trying... And, like, she basically, like, she does something purely for herself and yeah. that isn't about anyone but her. Yeah, And she is ridiculed and judged for it. And it's about how she kind of battles that. And I feel like that's exactly what happens to Miranda. Like, their journeys are very similar, but they have very different outcomes. Well, I mean, that's the... Just like anything else, like, something that's iconic in a pop culture sense, like, always yeah. like, comes back around. And then we all have this moment of, like, do we see it the same way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like around the same time that we all realize that we've been such a cunt to Megan Fox for 20 years. Yeah. Everybody also had the conversation about, like, Andy's boyfriend was the real bad guy of uh, right. Devil Wars Prada. I'm just saying, I, I feel like that was, that's happened semi, like, last year. That was oh, a lot of conversations were happening. No, I I completely agree. And um, I feel yeah. And I I don't having watched I mean I've watched this movie dozens of times in my yeah. life, but I watched it also again like yesterday. And I I don't totally know if that's true. Maybe I don't think he guy? was yeah, I don't think he was a great boyfriend. I don't think I... he was necessarily the bad guy because at the end of the day, right? There is like, there's that scene, right, where mm-hmm. she gives, she comes to dinner late, but she gives all her friends all these gifts. Yes. And they love the perks that they are getting, uh, from, getting her. from her job yeah. mm-hmm. and her resources and her access at this point. But they also tease her and make fun of her. And there's some, there are valid critiques of the way yeah. that Andy is acting, right? She skips her boyfriend's birthday she is not showing up on time to things she's forgetting about commitments that she's made so that's like not cool and you can tell your friend that they're not being cool but they they don't really give her 
that open and honest feedback, they more no. kind of jab at her. Right. And they, well, they jab at her in ways that just makes her want to lean harder into what she's doing. Right. Right. Because then she feels like, well, then it's me against the world. And. Yeah. Well, I think, I think in some ways that's, that is the function of, actually, let's go, go ahead and do the plot because I feel like I'll want to say these things during Later the plot. On. Yeah, 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 ahead, yeah. Just like a, as a, like another little caveat that I was thinking about too is that like I feel like when this movie came out, it was like very acceptable to like ignore the work that Miranda did to get where she was, in the sense of like she was just seen as like this dragon lady in a way, and the movie even positioned her as like a dragon lady, and like that was part of like her right. persona. I think what I, upon my, my rewatch and, like, trying to, like, dive into this, what right. I think what I really enjoyed is, like, the ways in which I accepted her as a dragon lady when I first saw this movie years and years ago when it came out in 2006. Right. And now I, how how I absolutely don't see her that way anymore. And, like, I can see past that. This is interesting. Archetype. I think I'm going to disagree with you a lot in this, in oh, this episode. Oh, probably. Is, I'm I feel like I'm, I'm ready for a redo of our Mean Girls episode. Oh, God. Because I, you know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying. I get the sentiment. I do. Okay. Go ahead. Plot. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Are you ready for yeah, my completely I've, original? I've been born ready. I mean, I started this uh, episode with the Jesus diatribe, so really, you know, I'm ready for anything you have okay. to throw at me. Andrea Andy Sachs is an aspiring journalist newly graduated from Northwestern University. Despite her ridicule for the shallowness of the fashion industry, she lands a job as junior personal assistant to Miranda Priestly, the editor-in-chief of Runway Magazine, a job that millions of girls would kill for. Andy plans to put up with Miranda's excessive demands and humiliating treatment for one year in the hopes of getting a job as a reporter or writer somewhere else. Not to say that she also turned down getting accepted into Stanford Law right. to become a journalist. Right. I also just realized in this moment that there is a metaphor with Andy being low-class and department store Andrea Sachs, like Sachs Fifth Avenue. You just got it now. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got there eventually. <laughs> you can try to come for me. Listen, I come for you very rarely. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm you. winding up. Don't fucking don't. <laughs> Just don't. She's smiling like a goddamn fiend right now. All right. Andy, at first, fumbles with her job and fits in poorly with her gossipy, fashion-conscious co-workers, especially Miranda's senior assistant, Emily Charlton. After a dress trial meeting in which Miranda berates her in front of the entire team, a.k.a. those belts were fucking different, Andy, get it right. Yeah. She approaches art director Nigel to help her learn the ropes, the ropes in the world of fashion. Okay, let's just Bruh. take a second to talk about Stanley Tucci. Oh I, my god, I love this man. It, it's almost like one representation is getting queer actors to embody queer roles on yes. film, on television, screen, except Stanley Tucci. Except <laughs> yes, yes. Stanley Tucci can do no wrong. He is and, straight, right? Yes, Stanley Tucci and is a I straight man. Have, I, he can do no wrong. Like, I think I've been in love with Stanley Tucci. One of my favorite things that he did life. during the pandemic was he started to do, a, to do like, mixed drink tutorials on TikTok. I, he's yes. just 
Oh God, he's, he's an icon. Like I just love him so much. He's so hot. Like he's so hot. He is the female gaze, guys. He's the like, female fucking gaze. Burlesque. If you've seen the movie Burlesque, <laughs> I'm obsessed with that movie. <laughs> no, you're not. Do you remember? Wait, what? was this? Was, oh no, this is Jonah. One of our friends was like, "Burlesque, you have to watch it. It's such a good movie." And then we rewatch it together, and he's like. Damn, this is a really bad movie. Listen, I know it's a bad movie, and I'm it's still fucking really obsessed with it. It's a really bad movie. It's so bad. It's because I it's was a, I so love Christina bad. Aguilera, and then I also loved Cher, and then I also it's like a B-rated Chicago. Tucci. And you it's put all of those people so in one movie, terrible. and they do singing and dancing. No, numbers, it doesn't and redeem it. My little it. musical theater heart. No, just watch worst. Chicago. Like, there's never a time. Yeah, I love Chicago. But there's never a time that you should watch Burlesque because Chicago is a movie Listen, that is available and exists and can be rented. In Burlesque, it's female gaze. Just give it to me. He's putting sequins on skirts. He's given you, he's, he has sexual tension with Cher. Just give it, just let me have it. Here's my hot take. I, <laughs> I love her, love her. Love her. Love her. I hate Sharon movies. Besides Moonstruck, that's kind of like an enigma on its own. But she's acting across Nicolas Cage, and I feel like sometimes when you're acting with Nicolas Cage, it just gives people a little bit of oomph because it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, Damn. <laughs> she makes me uncomfortable in her roles. I think it's hard for her to have genuine chemistry with anyone because she's so awkward. Well, and I like, don't think that at all of her stiff. with Sandy Tucci. And she's just, movie. I can feel her acting in a way that's not enjoyable. Okay, well, I um, think you're wrong about burlesque. Yeah, well, I you can think that I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Anyway. I'm Mr. Cellophane. Mr. Cellophane. Da, da, he wasn't da, even da, in da, Chicago. I know he wasn't in Chicago. I was just... Just doing a little, a little dance, yeah. a little song. Right. You know what All I mean? Cellophane. I mean, I, here's the thing. I honor Should your opinions. Name, and Mr. I will also cellophane. tear them down. You can <laughs> Look right through me. me. Okay, we got, we got to continue. We got to right. continue. <laughs> that was burlesque. Uh, Chicago is so much better than burlesque that burlesque uh, should have been straight to DVD corner. Wow. Okay, well. <laughs> it's that bad. No, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Let me live my life. Okay. <laughs> Christina Baby cannot act. <laughs> but she can sing, and that's all I really no, care about. No, of course she can sing. <laughs> that was that's all not I even that's all the I cared discussion. About. I was like, listen, I just want to hear Mommy her said, I don't know how to separate criteria <laughs> of a movie from the fact that I like Christina Aguilera, and so burlesque <laughs> is a good movie. <laughs> Bitch, what? <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm. Lo- yeah, go ahead. Sure. Thanks. Basically, she cro- uh, Andy goes to cry to Nigel because Miranda basically. What's that? Is it dressing down? What's that saying when like you? I think it's a British talk, saying. Talk. Anyway, moving on. Wait, wait, wait. What's the sentiment? Oh, we're gonna stay. It's essentially like when you like in a room of people and mm-hmm. like what Miranda did to Andy with the belts. And like essentially, oh, to like show... like undress them in front of everyone. Yeah, like like, like give them a good dressing down, like just kind of like. Oh, I don't know. I'd... It's a it's, it's not a British. To me. It's a British saying. Anyway, mm. the point is, she is she just read Andy for all her filth. Yeah, 
in front of everybody. Andy starts to cry. Tore her apart. Made me wet. Tore her apart. Andy starts to cry. <laughs> and so... Mommy is holding her finger up at me. I'm just adding color to this plot. No, yeah, you totally are. And then so <laughs> she gets this makeover from Nigel. She puts on the Chanel boots. Yeah. She rocks them at work. Yeah. Emily and Emily's friend are awestruck. And... She's uh, giving you a little she's all that transformation. Yeah. Exactly. And... Basically, the the glow up in her fashion in her fashion closet in her closet allows her to have a glow up in work, and she just starts killing it. However, it's at the at the expense of her relationship with her boyfriend and her friends, who are increasingly finding her spending all her time at her new boss's beck and call. Miranda starts to notice Andy's changed appearance and commitment, and begins to give her more responsibility and complicated tasks to handle. Andy becomes more glamorous, aligning herself unwittingly to runway philosophy, and she gradually begins to outperform Emily. Emily is consumed with the thought of going to Paris Fashion Week. She is on a diet where she doesn't eat anything, and when she starts to faint, she eats a block of cheese. That's how you do it. That's the way. What is the worst? Nope, never mind. I'm not even going to ask it. Thank you. Just... Listen, the parasites have learned too much. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, but at a charity benefit, she fails to provide information about a guest making his way to meet Miranda, and uh, Andy steps in and saves Miranda and Emily in that moment. And so that charity event was actually the night of Nate's birthday, and instead of leaving early the way she said she would, Andy ends up staying to help Miranda and Emily throughout the rest of the event. And at the end of the event, Christian Thompson, a well-known and influential writer. Mentalist. The mentalist, essentially. Hot. Hot. I've always thought he was hot. In recent years, I don't know what it is. He was he hot. A, he, he was hot. No, Pat- he, he, I think he is hot. It's just an energy that no, I, I, I'm I, not I, attracted I, to I anymore. I think what I'm trying to say is I feel like he, he was hotter than he is now to me. Yeah. He hits different now. Yeah, he has a vibe that I don't really like. He has like a Manic Pixie Dream Boy energy that yes. isn't, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Anyway, he catches Andy as she's finally leaving the charity event. Right. And asks her to come get a drink with some of the editors that are influential journalists in the city that he knows that he's willing to introduce Andy to, to get her career off as a journalist. Um, but Andy decides to do the right thing and go home to Nate, even though it's been, it's already done. <laughs> yeah. Birthday time is done. Nate's sitting at home on the couch, just looking upset. <laughs> yeah. And she shows up with a cupcake with a candle in it, a single cupcake, a candle. And saying, happy birthday. I mean, like, I guess this is the part where, like, yeah, I, Andy is. Like, on one hand, I, I mm. it's, it's one of those things where, like, you, you can make the choices that you want to make, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you also have to accept the consequences of those choices. Yes. And right? I, I think like, at this point in the film, right, she's not willing to admit that everything she's doing is a choice. She feels sure. she's in the space of denial. That's capitalism, baby. Right. And yeah. so she is in the space of denial where she feels like she has to. 
right? Everything she's doing for Miranda is a, sure. I have to. Sure. Not a I'm choosing to do this or sure. I'm making this choice and I'm willing to accept what comes. Well, I mean, I and I guess I bring up capitalism from the standpoint of like in some ways like that that is the kind of the I'd, I I'm not going to give it so much credit to say that like it's the undercurrent of the film because it's it's not really, but everybody is operating from a space of scarcity Mm -hmm. right like there's not enough seats at the table there's not enough resources for everybody there's not enough whatever and in the world of fashion i'm not saying that that is untrue but everybody's operating from that space and trying to ensure that they not only get a seat at the table but they simultaneously prevent other people from people from doing so also and i think the power of Miranda, the like thing that Miranda uses as a tool mm-hmm. is basically keeping you down to keep you around. And at some point in the film, kind of in this, you know, when, when man Andy does the transformation and chooses to go to the ball, like she, Miranda has put her in a position where her expectations are so high and her, disappointment is so acute Mm -hmm. that Andy starts feeling good about any little kind of validation from Miranda because she's broken down her sense of self. Correct. And so her sense of self is directly connected to her success with Miranda's eyes, which is completely on purpose on the part of Miranda. Absolutely. Um, It's calculated, which is why in some ways, like sure. Is she, is she only just a dragging lady? No, but is she, extremely emotionally manipulative absolutely right like is she vindictive absolutely well yeah because she's 100 percent willing to sacrifice all parts of herself or like anyone else right to stay relevant right because like in this industry she's aging out oh, yeah she, she's deeply insecure like she's we, we see deeply, that yeah and she expects the people around her specifically andy to do the same thing she's doing because Miranda from from the very first day with Andy saw some of herself in her. And she, because the way that Andy like advocates for herself in that very first interview. Yeah. That's the whole reason why Miranda hired her was because she saw parts of herself in Andy. Right. And then used that to her advantage. Yeah. I mean, as she, as she does with everybody, you know, it's like, obviously she's a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Every time someone like I think the, the a really good example of like Miranda twisting validation is when she asks Andy to find the manuscript to the last Harry Potter book for yeah. her kids, and it's completely a fuck you ask, right? right. Like even Miranda doesn't believe it's possible. Right. She wants Andy to fail at this and as a punishment, right? Because Andy fucked something up. I forgot what. Yeah, But, like, Andy's fucked up in some way, and so Miranda gives her this impossible fucking task so that Andy can fail in a, fail more acutely, and Miranda can use that to her advantage. Sure. However, Andy fucking makes it happen. Yeah. And she knocks it out of the fucking park. But Miranda acts as though she expected it to happen from the get. Right? Like, Miranda, there's no difference in reaction. The validation is the same. Right. There's no, like, acknowledgement of, I just did this impossible fucking thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing about, like, withholding as a method of control in that you can't 
you have to make your approval so scarce. It's like Paul Hollywood giving a handshake at the Great British Bake Off. If he gave everybody a fucking handshake, the handshake is no longer coming. Right, and like Andy succeeding, like Miranda only saw it as like more validation for her expectation and her behaviors and is using that to like manipulate Andy into sacrificing more and more of her integrity. Right. Just to make things happen for Miranda. Yeah. So, what happens next? Well, basically, Miranda ends up announcing at a luncheon that Jacqueline was the new creative director for Holt, which is another designer that was trying to do another magazine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Anyway, there's drama and politics happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, Nigel was supposed to get this big promotion with Miranda, but instead, in order to protect her own standing and her own status, Miranda finagled things around and ends up screwing Nigel and placing Jacqueline somewhere where she can be in more control of her success. Yeah. A.K.A. Miranda thinks. (laughs) Yeah. Just Miranda being Miranda. So in light of this, Miranda explains to Andy that she already knew of the plot to replace her, which is Jacqueline was supposed to replace her and sacrifice Nigel to keep her own job. And Andy seems repulsed, as she fucking should. Right. And Miranda points out that Andy did the same thing with Emily by stepping over her and agreeing to go to Paris. Yeah. And when they stop, Andy gets out and throws her cell phone into the fountain and walks away. Right. Movie ends with Andy reconciling with Nate yeah. and going to a job interview with a, a the what is it? Doesn't matter. She goes to <laughs> at a newspaper. It's a newspaper, and R- Miranda wrote her like this interesting recommendation, but essentially was like, if you don't hire her, you're an idiot. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's. I have a hard time totally empathizing with Andy. I don't find Andy a particularly likable or relatable character. Hmm. I. It just kind of feels like if you don't want to play with the big dog, stay on the porch. And not that she should fuck over a friend, mm-hmm. but just more of like when you're in that space, why do you keep acting like you're new? Yeah. She's always acting fresh about what has been so painfully obvious from day one. Right. Like, people were... I mean, the the insults that get thrown at this girl, first of all, hilarious. Yes. But it's from day one, second one. You're fat. You're ugly. You're... You have no fashion sense. You're dumb. You're right. weak. You're sensitive. You're emotional. You're not made for this. I mean, the list goes fucking on. And it feels like every time she... I imagine that it comes from the assumption that that's just because I'm an outsider. And once I'm an insider, I will no longer. Right. I like that will protect me from this pain, these insults, this Mm -hmm. whatever. But it just it does feel like more than naive. Like she's so shocked every time. Well, I think for me, I really felt that in that final confrontation with Miranda in the car in that like Andy girl, like. How did you not see this coming? Yeah. I don't understand how she just didn't. I I get not seeing. I get her not really seeing that Nigel was going to get screwed over. Mm -hmm. But I don't get her surprise at Miranda being willing to do that. Actually, now that I'm saying that, I in this particular section, not for the other ones, I do kind of get that. I think at a certain point. 
I think Andy was, as many young people are, arrogant about their awarenesses of how the world works and how adults operate. Mm. And I think Andy convinced herself that she had seen behind the curtain and she had this more nuanced, more oh. accurate version and picture mm. of who Miranda was. Yeah. And in right Miranda allowing her to see her no makeup, talking about her divorce, kind of mm-hmm. being vulnerable and opening up in that way. I think she had convinced herself that in some ways it's like a misunderstanding. Like the people that aren't in Miranda's inner circle kind of see her as this dragon woman. And that isn't an accurate picture, right? As opposed to kind of honoring the reality of like you, you cannot get into a position of Miranda's stature without destroying people on the way to get there in the same way that there's no such thing no billionaire in the fucking world has made their money ethically not on the backs of poor people brown people period yeah there are no exceptions no you have to be willing to sacrifice others on your way to that kind of success oh yeah that's the only way you get there right and it's a cutthroat environment and I think Andy thought because she saw like Miranda's like softer little like underbelly at certain moments sure. that maybe she had like some insider knowledge. Right. And like I I do agree there, but I still think the They're um, not mutually exclusive. Yeah, and I and I still think that Andy's reaction and like her that being the catalyst to her leaving Miranda, mm-hmm. that felt a little weak to me. In the sense of like I think if it was something where Miranda chose to sacrifice Andy, I think I would have. Oh, I disagree with that. Cause I, I think mm. her sacrificing Nigel was more profound okay. because what we're shown throughout the entire movie is that Nigel essentially is the only person that Miranda respects. She values uh. him. She's kind to him. You would almost say that they're friends. Mm-mm. Okay. And that's the only person you ever see her treat in that way right she respects nigel she's kind to him they're collaborative they're they're pseudo equals Mm. and if she can do that to nigel yeah she will do that to anybody Mm. and i think her watching nigel's reaction that's what makes her realize truly what it would be like to hang in there for this long that she will always like her work and her value is never going to equate to where she gets to it's just Mm going to be miranda's if if her progress is strategic for miranda in that moment and if it's not it actually doesn't matter how hard she works how fashionable she is how dedicated she is how little sleep she gets how much she sacrifices it's not a meritocracy and life is not a meritocracy, but it seems like that is what's underscored in this whole film is that like when it comes to fashion, it's even less of a meritocracy, Mm. right? It's just how someone feels that day. Yeah. It's not your experience. It's not your effort. It's not your value. It's It's just, are you in one day? You could be out the next. Yeah. And I think the, the most effective relationship from a storytelling perspective in the movie was Nigel and Miranda for that mm-hmm. reason. But okay. Yeah. I don't know what the Andy. 
I mean, I get what she is like a metaphor for. I think there's a lot of people out there that would align with her unwillingness to conform to like beauty standards. Sure. Right. And like why that is and why she thinks it's silly. Yeah. And she judges all of these women in their fancy heels and dresses and like with their purses. Mm -hmm. And it's funny for me in the sense of like, I've never felt that way. Like I've never seen it as silly, but I've never I never bothered to like try to view it as a sense of empowerment the way Runway tries to spin it. If that makes sense. Sort of say more about that. It's more of like I did That you be- don't see clothes as empowering is what you're saying? No, I think I was trying to I would try to present myself properly more in an, in in a way to be like accepted and because i i thought i should you're trying to blend in not i'm stand trying to out. blend in not stand out but yeah. the way runway tries to right. present it is as a way to stand out and to empower yourself and yeah well that that's the interesting thing about fashion right is that sure there is this empowering piece but like the way that you keep people quote unquote in line when it comes to societal beauty standards is that for people to have that bravery, you also need other people to be afraid. Yes. And so it creates a whole meta world of the haves and the have nots. Obviously, can you afford this clothes period? Like number one, right. that's yeah. like the, the first barrier for entry. But then also, do you have a body type that these clothes look good on? Mm-hmm. Because or that they even make these clothes in or do they even oh, make it in your size? Yeah. And there's a lot of fat phobia in mm-hmm. the industry, obviously. And there is something to be said, right, for being a trendsetter versus following trends. I mean, that's the whole that was the whole diatribe that she went on about Andy wearing uh Oh, the cerulean sweater. Oh, that was Oh my, my god favorite. Oh, it's that not was... blue, it's not turquoise. It's oh. Ah! And what you don't know is that that was chosen for you by the people in this room, and I'm uh, like, bitch. Bitch. Well, it's also, like, it's hard to be... Oh, God. Like, Miranda is... Like, she has such an encyclopedic knowledge of her industry. Sure. That it's hard to... It's, sometimes it's hard to be mad at her for her behavior. Because she's just so fucking good at what she does. And, like... I think that's part of it too is that like she is she's so good and she knows so much right that it's easier for characters in this film to forgive or maybe not forgive but accept her shitty behavior well they it, have to right yeah they have to but like it's it for themselves right it's easier for them to to like deal with that right because that it, it gives them access to her knowledge and her experience. Right. Well, and I, I think that that... That's, like, that's the price they have to pay. That's the ticket. That's like the fee. Oh, for sure. And I, I will acknowledge that I do think the 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 part of it that, that is like obviously very much tied to, to patriarchy and women's ability to, to mm. act in work, the workplace is that 100%. that is the expectation in that like you... If you want to be in a position of power, if you are a man, you can reasonably depend on your assistants, depend yes. on the people that are below you to like do the research, whatever, right? Like, yeah. just like a lawyer is not reading his own briefs the first time around, right? He has paralegals for that. Right. Um, but when you're a woman, like you need to have a pulse on literally fucking everything. everything. You need to be so incredibly irreplaceable. Um, right. In some ways, that's a part of like, 
you could argue that Miranda's quote unquote high standards are not necessarily even the product of her own making no. and much more about her anxiety about anyone being able to outperform her and right. even why she she consistently keeps people down emotionally is yeah. that she only wants to let people rise up when they agree to be completely subordinate to her like Nigel. Right, like he's in a position of quote unquote power in comparison to everybody else, but he consistently shows his dedication to to Miranda. Yeah. He was consistently submissive to Miranda's every whim. Right. And there's safety in him being in power because you're not really fucking in power. Right. And you're gonna yeah. I control that. it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I give you your power. All your power comes from me. Without me, you have no power. Right. And so that allows her to kind of maintain her status. And, right. And it's kind of like they're like, I feel like because she's constantly trying to adhere to the values of the patriarchy in order to maintain her status. Yeah. Right. It's hard for it's hard for anyone who understands that and tries to do the opposite right. to be of worth to her or. Right. To even be to be accepted into her purview, like right, because that well, directly challenges her entire. Let's talk about this. Yeah, can you can you destroy a system from within? Hmm. I feel like it's happened before, hasn't it? I don't know. Has it? I don't know. I think that that's that's. The... I think you can, but I think the the kind the the kind of person that could do it. But that's the thing, right? You can... Well, so here's the parallel, right? We okay. have Nigel and Miranda. Then we have Andy and Emily. Yeah. And there's this parallel storyline, right? With Miranda mm-hmm. saying, you remind me of myself when I was younger. Yeah. And Miranda purposely giving Andy opportunities mm-hmm. to fucking shank the people that are next to her. Yes. And around her. Yes. Right? And she is starting to, right? She's starting to respond. She's right. starting to make the choices to get ahead while simultaneously telling herself that it's about something else, right? That she has to, she has no choices. Right, right, right. She's in denial. Yeah. I think her, right, she starts to get ahead when she starts to be willing to make those decisions. Yeah. And so then, therefore, you could argue that the only way to get into a position of power to change something, quote unquote, from within Mm-hmm. would be to act in a way that reinforces the system that you're trying to tear down, at which point when you get to a place in which yes. you could tear it down, you have already fucking sold your soul, yep. and you actually don't want to tear it down in the same way, in the same way that Andy started to feel good about Miranda's bullshit crumbs right. of validation, right? She changed her genuine value system by the end, and it was only when she saw Nigel be completely overlooked that yeah. she realized that, like, if I stay in here long enough, mm-hmm. that will be the only thing that seems possible to me. Mm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. when you... It's... I'm not, I don't... Was I, another, there was another show. Ugly Betty. Do you remember Ugly Betty? I do. I watched it. I, can't, I don't remember the beats at this point. So the guy, the hottie McHottie, right? right? Like, he starts off as being... I wouldn't say, like, he isn't a Miranda Priestley because there was definitely a different Miranda Priestley character. Yeah, yeah, the woman. His the mom, woman. right? I th- no. Didn't his mom own the... It was his mom? I don't know if it was his mom or a friend of his mom. Okay. 
I'm but not yeah, sure. there was a woman that was more the well, dragon she was lady a, type. She was, she was, uh, she was mixed, and he's clearly. It literally doesn't matter. Doesn't there's a matter. dragon lady character. And dragon then there's lady him. character, and then there was him, right. right? And so, like, I think in that show, if I'm remembering this correctly, like he was trying to figure out a way. Like he was a he had like stronger moral integrity. Yeah. Than Dragon Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but he was on the inside, right? He owned the company. Sure. And he was trying to change things from the inside. Right. And I think that that's, like, kind of the story they were trying to tell because he, he like, was seeing, like, Betty's struggle. Right. And he was and he was watching her rise. Right. Through the ranks. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, he, like, realized his own power to make change. Right, right, right. And I feel like that is a bet. I feel like that's a example of someone trying to change things from the inside but i think the the difference there is that like he didn't have to sell himself the way let's say betty would have in order to get to that place sure i mean there's certainly something something to be said for people with privilege using their privilege as a way to break down the barriers for people without privilege right yeah the hard part about that, and the reason why, to be clear, this is not personal. I'm not talking about you individually. I'm talking about <laughs> broadly, right? So if you are a white cis male sitting at home, I'm not talking about you, you, okay? It's just... Generally. Generally. So, but the hard part about that is that we are all a product of our environment. Again, to no fault of your own, right? Like You don't get to choose who you are when you're born. You just right. are. And you're a product of your environment. And it's a lot to ask someone without those barriers to be aware of the nuances of those barriers and then to be able to accurately move within them somehow not tainted by their own inability to see those that those privileges like it's a lot to think that like I don't know how the main guy in Ugly Betty was able to maintain that kind of innocence in the environment that he was in and like to somehow not take that for granted and to have the fortitude and insight to perceive those things like that that piece again not saying that that person doesn't exist or they can never exist but that's the part that's actually the most unrealistic right it's very hard I feel like the way you just the the kind of person <laughs> I feel like the kind of person who can destroy that kind of a structure from would the never end. fucking be in it. Well, that, but also like I feel like they'd be a sociopath. Like you'd have to be able to deny yourself all of this nuance and all of these different emotions and sure. not and be able to like compartmentalize to the upteenth fucking degree, right? In order to get to the top and then be like, okay, fuck everything I have, right? <laughs> and fuck I like just fuck all the sacrifices I made right. to get here. Right. I'm going to change it all anyway. Right. It takes a certain level of being able to turn off your human emotions. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's just impossible. Like, if that was the case, right, then you just wouldn't give a shit about turning down the system in the first place. Right. But I'm 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 also thinking of like again, right? Like to no fault oh well no. You have the ability to like gain awareness as you get older. I'm just saying the the nuances of desire are such that like I it reminds me of this Chris Rock bit where he basically talks about like men can't go backwards sexually, women can't go backwards in lifestyle. Yeah. I don't think it's a gendered thing. He's making it a gendered thing in the joke. I don't think it is. But like for example, it's everyone that's listening right now should know that I am not a millionaire. <laughs> 
That She's should not. Be, that should can be confirm. fucking obvious. I'm in a closet. We're both in a closet. We're both in a closet. So, but that doesn't mean that I made a lot less money when I was 18 years old. I made $9 an hour, right? right. So, like, the things that I wanted when I was 18, because that was my threshold, like $250 right. every two weeks was my threshold for my ability to have things, right? My tastes were contingent on, yeah, right? How much money I made, what would even be fucking possible, yes, right? Yes, 100%. And if you, right, I was like shopping at places like, we have this place called Jeans Warehouse at home. Jeans! Warehouse. It's terrible. I'm trying to think of a comparable. Jeans Warehouse is like Sheen. Oh, yeah. It's the Sheen level. Like level. that is Jeans it's, Warehouse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like yeah. like leggings for six dollars and yeah, but they're everywhere in Hawaii. And tube tops oh that are like tacky colors. Okay, mm-hmm. anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I love Jeans Warehouse, just like fucking every other girl in Hawaii, right? Like how age, yep. how will I get a triangle dress that's like a bubble, like a bubble dress that like has the band at the bottom <laughs> oh with like God. the spaghetti or straps, like, or the the that jackets, lasts, like, three watches, puffy jackets with the fur. Like who needs that it, it's on hideous. an island? And yet we it's, all did it. It's hideous. If <laughs> I. <laughs> We'll or the never... shortest, the shortest jean shorts you've ever seen. Oh yeah, like your the half Daisy of your Dukes ass is just like got nothing on these out. shorts, bitch. Like my ass is the tiniest out. shorts. At this point in my life, <laughs> eighteen year old Hina, I I have not walked in a jeans warehouse in oh ten yeah, yeah. years. Oh, you mean you mean now? Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, no, no, we haven't. I haven't gotten jeans I... warehouse in like. Well, yeah, it's I, been almost ten years. I like. won't. I will never. No, I, I don't like anything to, in there. I, I think the last time I went to Jeans Warehouse was like at least five years ago, and I think I went in for earrings for Halloween. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's sure. it. That's why you go. That's a reasonable Halloween costume on a budget, bitch. Go to Jeans Warehouse. Yeah. Find anything you need. But I'm not, and I will never like. I but I also like. I want to be clear. I loved the clothes when I was young. Oh, right, like, yeah. Unironically love the clothes. Yes. I think they're fucking atrocious and hideous now. A hundred percent. That doesn't mean, right, that, like, it's too My simple. My perspective has changed. My lifestyle has changed. Right. But it's too simple to be like, oh, like, it's more nuanced than, like, you become a monster and you lost your soul. Bitch, I have not lost my soul. Right. I'm still in the struggle bus like everybody fucking else. I just... Yeah. I'm not making $9 an hour for 20 hours a week at 18 years old. Right. I can do a little more now. Right. Right. <laughs> Still never have and probably will never shop designer because I also think those are ugly too. Right. But you could argue, right, that like maybe one day if I won the lottery, those clothes would start to look different to me now. I don't know. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Right it's now. Easy yeah. to turn your brain off to something that I could never possibly fathom or afford. As your circumstances change. Your taste change. Your taste changes. That's just how it fucking goes. Right. And sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow. Right. For people who have not changed their circumstance in forever and a day, right? If you feel like you know what I yeah. mean, like it's hard to watch someone. Wait one more time. Your taste change without your circumstances changing. No, no, or... no. no. Your, when your circumstances change, uh-huh. your tastes do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if your circumstances have just never changed, sure. it's hard to watch someone else mm. do that. 
change their circumstances, change their tastes, and not and not feel take it personally. Yeah, and not feel like that's a that's a commentary right on your own. Right, right. So it's th- not saying that that like mm. you know what I mean. There's nothing wrong with your circumstances not changing. Right, right, right. But right. when someone close to you or when the people around you are constantly evolving, right, in a way that you're not, yeah. it's hard not to take that personally. It's hard not to feel like they thought wherever you both were at one that time that they're like doing this at you, right? Or like, let's say you guys like. We started off in the same circumstance. I see what you mean. We were equals. At then one point. we both enjoyed these things together. We both liked these things yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And like, now you no longer do. And it's hard for me to to not see you as saying, "Fuck what I used to be. Right. Fuck what I used to like, and fuck what you like currently." Right. For whatever the fuck reason. Right. Like. Right. 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 What you think this isn't good enough anymore? Right. 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like that's there's that line where Lily is like, I've known you for 16 years. Right. I don't like this version of you. And granted. Right. There were a lot of ways in which Andy was not taking care of her friendships and was being really inconsiderate. Right. There's something to be said for if you're busy, you also don't have to RSVP to things that you aren't going to commit to going to. Yeah. No, no, no. Right? Andy like, was There's a lot of ways Andy that... Andy was being so problematic to her friends. Yeah, it was awful. However... But Lily, right, sometimes people fucking change. Yeah. And the sad part of life and about friendships evolving is that right. you need to make the, the decisive choice that, like, it's okay if you don't like where this person is now in their life and you have grown too far apart, you have diverged too much. Right. Maybe... You don't need to be the kinds of friends that you used to be. Maybe right. you don't need to be friends at all. Exactly. People change. That happens, and that's okay. Yeah. And I feel like what I didn't appreciate about Andy's friends is that instead of holding her accountable for her changes right. and acknowledging them, right. they they then they chose to poke fun and berate and judge her. They're trying to like beat her back. Into yeah, no, where she yeah. Was. They're trying to do what Miranda's doing. Right. Just in a, it just just doesn't in feel. Yeah, it, they're doing what Miranda's doing in reverse. Yeah. Either way, they're trying to keep Andy down so that they don't have to acknowledge or deal with the fact that Andy is changing beyond what they expect. Yeah. Right, and like that means a friendship needs to change. Yeah. If it wants to survive. Yeah. And they want her to stay the same. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that part like makes me appreciate and realize like the friends that we have and that mm-hmm. I have in that like if I was acting a fool the way Andy's acting a fool. Yeah. <laughs> there wouldn't be no poking fun as I give you a purse. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't give you a purse and then like take a work call to after like when we're out at the bar. Yeah. And then like you know what I mean? Like that whole scene right. at the bar when she gives them the gifts. Yeah. Number one, my friends would never take my phone like that. I just, I that's just not really an adult thing to do. No, like that's I just so childish. Number yeah. one, they just wouldn't do that. But number two, the gifts wouldn't matter. <laughs> no, the gifts would not. They were, they would not be met with excitement. It'd be like, yeah, okay, what, like, right? Well, I mean, I can see, I can see myself being excited to get a gift. I can also, I think the most realistic thing that I would do is yeah. that. I think that I would pull you aside and ask that 
you do not RSVP to things that you cannot commit to. Right. I guess because what I'm it saying puts is me in a like... position where now I'm sad. If like if if it is going to be right in the same way yeah, that yeah, yeah. that that sometimes things come up at work. Totally get that. Whatever. Yeah. There have to be certain things that are unmalleable. And right. so if you RSVP to my wedding. Oh my god. You are making a commitment that literally barring some medical emergency or like a true right you life or death situation. Yeah. Like you are committing that you're going to prioritize this above everything else. Yeah. 100%. Right? And I generally ask that that is the case for like I don't RSVP to things that I Right. Or I will tell you that day, I'm not sure I can come. I'd love to. I'm going to I'm going to try. And I feel like the I I think, you know, me, from Andy's perspective, just to play devil's advocate a bit. Yeah. Right? Like the things that Andy was except for Nate's birthday. I feel like that's different. Yeah. But the things that it felt like Andy was RSVPing to, right. that she wasn't showing up to, right. didn't feel high stakes. Right. Right? It just felt like she wasn't doing what she used to do right and i think that's why like when her friends were really clapping back at her in the ways yeah. that they were it felt disproportionate to me yeah in the sense that like the only the only one that i saw as like high stakes for her to push aside right was nate's birthday okay here's my counter to that okay i think that to me, it's less about whether that event was a big deal, and it's more about the audacity to assume that your time is more important than other people's. I don't think mm. that it's about how important the event was, because yeah. if I'm if I agreed to this yeah. with the assumption that you're also coming, it is unacceptable to me that it's okay for you. Hundred percent. To 100%. allow me to waste my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As if no, yeah. you're the one that gets here's to decide my, yes or no. Here's my counter as far as their behavior goes. Right. That was never said. And. I agree. I think that. But there is something to be said about Andy. To me. Yeah. Not whole having very high standards for herself. And that mm-hmm. she went into that job interview not knowing what the fuck Miranda's name was. Not ever reading fashion right, magazine. Right, right. Which to me speaks to just a general mm-hmm. lack of preparation, accountability, ownership. Yeah. Like she she just she lacks a situational awareness. Yeah. She's just I think Andy in herself is self-centered. Yeah, for sure. You know, like while the and way And privileged at the end of the day. Yeah, self-centered and privileged like she doesn't feel the need to look beyond herself right what she wants her desires right like and i think it was more acceptable and less pointed right when those desires revolved around her friends and her boyfriend right but now that it's come to light right in a way that is not about them yeah right i think i can see the frustration on andy's part in that in her head right she hasn't changed Sure. In her head, she's doing what she always has has done, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the world does revolve around Andy. Yeah. Right? But now the people in her life are in revolt. Right. Because they're not the they're not as they're not as close to her orbit as they used to be. 
Sure. No, I mean, I, 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 I definitely, I don't. Not feel that I'm, like... defend- I'm not trying to just defend Annie to the upteenth degree. I'm just saying, I, I can see both sides. Yeah, I can. I, I. It's the kind of thing where there is just something that rubs me the wrong way. It's Andy's lack of agency. Oh, for that sure. That just yeah. is just hard for me to like look. I mean, at. I don't. It's it, leaves, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's why I try so hard to understand it. Is that like why does it? Why? Why are you making these choices? Because this, if it if it tastes this bad for me, right? How does it not feel like this for you? Like how do you? How does it not? You know what I mean? Like. I'm I'm just an outside perspective looking right looking in like well I think it comes from to me it it certainly speaks to Miranda's level of emotional manipulation and mm, control right in yeah. that she is an expert at breaking down people's self esteem their self of worth their sense of autonomy she creates a high fast-paced environment so you literally don't have the opportunity to sleep she uses like torture mm-hmm. tactics like sleep deprivation like yeah she does. you know she she she's breaking down andy's ability to think clearly very actively right. it's what you do it's what happens when you go into boot camp for the military yeah yeah and she's i mean that that's what andy is going through she isn't thinking clearly being hazed. like it's yeah yeah but i still you know you know problematic they're both problematic in their own ways isn't it? Oh man! Are we time for a segment? Yeah, but I have a question first. Okay. Would you mm-hmm. work for Miranda Priestley? You gotta give me more context. Like, would what do you mean? Would I like? Do I want to? Or like, if I had no other choice, like Andy? Okay. Would okay. I? Let's say you were going into a career fashion. Yeah. You had other job offers. But yeah. Mar- but runway is runway. Miranda is sure. Miranda in this universe. Yeah. And you have an interview at Runway to work for Miranda. Yeah. Are you working for Miranda? Knowing everything you know about Miranda now. No. Okay. Would a younger version of yourself work for Miranda? No. Okay. And it, like, once... This reminds me of, like, a Raphael Casal quote. So, like, essentially, like, I forgot how it goes. Once, Once you let them rent the legs that you stand on, they are gone from under you. Mm. And I don't think you can take it back. No. And Mm -hmm. in the ability to maybe open doors, I think by the end of it, I would have less, I think it would break down the parts of me that I depend on. Like I would not be as bad of a bitch. Yeah. And I believe that I would fucking make it happen with that fucking Miranda Priestley. (laughs) How about you? Now or a, another version of yourself? A younger version of myself would have done it. Just for the doors it would have opened. And sure. then I would have probably had a moment the way Andy had a moment and mm-hmm. bailed. Yeah. How about now? Is there a world in which you would even consider it? No, I think now I I, I understand how easy to manipulate I would be in that situation. And I wouldn't engage in it. Mm. Oh, even today. That, like, well, yeah, you, feel I like just... you, you feel like you would get yeah. spun in knots quickly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think even as, as like, determined as I would be to not, mm-hmm. I'm just very much that kind of person that when I, like, buy into mm-hmm. something and I try to put my all into it, mm-hmm. it's very easy for me to take two steps too far. Mm. And then I lose a part of myself. Yeah. So I have to purposefully not 
put myself in those situations. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. All right. Our All segment, right. man. It's your favorite segment today. We are doing a little game that we like to play, Toxic, but I love it. Where each of us highlights some moments, some ideas, some <laughs> quotes from the film that are awful, terrible, problematic, absolutely toxic, <laughs> but we kind of love it. I love it. Go ahead, mommy. Okay. My first one is, when you can't stand mediocrity to the point where it's not enough for you to be perfect, everyone else has to be, but call it incredible work ethic. And uh, that is exactly what Miranda does to everyone yeah. around her. Uh, she's like, oh, no, this is just how it is. Like, yeah. you just have great work ethic. I'm not man- emotionally manipulating you into doing my bidding. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. She's, th- she's setting the bar. She just needs you to reach it. Yeah, exactly. And it's n- the bar isn't hard if you're good enough. Sure. <laughs> if it's difficult for you, maybe you're just not meant for it. Yeah. Sad so sad i like that okay hear me out Mm -hmm. i'm I'm ready when i walk into a room when i walk into a building people scattering like roaches when you turn on the light oh my god toxic Toxic. oh yes that was when i first watched that movie as a child my eyes were like this is gonna be me someday (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i just I it, it is an iconic moment. Oh god. It is so well done. That kind of power just leaves a wonderful just taste like on your mouth. Just like from her he- just just like only her you only see her heels coming out of the car like just the whole thing. Yeah. You never you don't see her face until the elevator doors open. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So well done. When you ask the impossible of your employee and when they somehow do it, act like you thought it was possible so they don't see how impressed you are. Mm. toxic oh yeah but i love it you gotta keep people in line you don't want to give them play close to the vest you give them you give them an inch they take a mile yeah exactly you can't be giving them all the treats no every time they do something right no not at Mm -hmm. all feast or famine baby (laughs) (laughs) okay do you have like 10 of them what's (laughs) It, well, it's not that I have ten of them. It's really, I mean, every fucking... True. Every Miranda speech is pretty incredible. I think just tearing into somebody publicly mm-hmm. in a professional environment where no one's going to say shit to me. Mm. Just breaking down someone's self-esteem, <laughs> tearing apart their identity, <laughs> digging out their uh, ethics and well, their morals right, and their like, sense of self. Right, but like simultaneously proving your own encyclopedic right. knowledge. Like really like a Dementor, just sucking, sucking all of the value mm. and respect, but yeah. in a public place, yeah. in stilettos, toxic. But I, I love it. Mm. Mm. And that's my passion. Got it. Yeah. I think I aspire to have that moment one day. I shouldn't, but that's that's something I just want to do once. Just one time. To say that I did it. <laughs> just the one. And then I'll never do it again and I'll go back to I'll I'll go back to my lane and be happy. But see I just that's want... see that's the key, moment. You can never do it if you don't like it a little bit. You gotta have a little bit of evil in your heart. No no no. That's what I'm trying to say though. I do. And that's why I just want to do it once. 
but I don't think I have the stomach to do it. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think you have any evil in your heart. I, I don't evil. I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> you think know what it is. I think I've just. I think it's it's being your friend and just seeing the other side of the coin. And I'm like, just let me try one time. <laughs> Just let me be evil yeah. once. Well, that that's the poison, right? Like, yeah. you, you have to like it a little bit to do it effectively. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I, you know who I feel like sometimes? And not that, like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, in the Pirates Pinky of the Caribbean? The no, go ahead. What the fuck were you saying? What did you say? Pinky in the brain. Okay, no. Okay, sorry. Where? Okay. I thought, you were, I thought you were trying to label what we'd be like if we were a dynamic duo. And I thought you are so I said pinky in the brain. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to fucking die. Uh, no. I was going to say, you know what? The Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. Uh-huh. Kira Knightley's character. Uh-huh. How she's like this, like, this lady. Like this. <laughs> yeah. She's a woman. <laughs> she's a woman. No, no, but like a lady in like the, the archetype of a lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In her yeah, time yeah. period. Sure, yeah, yeah. And like over the course of the movie, She's a part of the bourgeoisie. Right. Yeah. She becomes a pirate and like she becomes a pirate king. Right. That. That's what I. <laughs> what? What does this have to do with anything? Well, because she like sees the other side of the coin. Uh-huh. And like she had really strong morals and like had su- like very like conservative standards. Right. And then eventually after being <laughs> after being exposed to the life of a pirate for long enough and falling in love with one <laughs> she she starts to see the perks of like being free and being like <laughs> <laughs> reckless <laughs> and just a little fucked up yeah and she goes let me try some of that sauce sure anyway and and your thought is that <laughs> what is your thought my thought is that how would this align to your journey <laughs> it would align in that i'm around you uh-huh. and you are the most I'm diabolical bitch. <laughs> you're the most diabolical person i know and so maybe one day i will i can take what i've learned yeah. and use it to my own advantage when the when the time is when my time comes just the once you know mommy we don't need more of me in this world we don't we don't <laughs> i'm not saying we do i'm yeah. just saying i just want to try one time yeah 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 that's what i'm saying one time i don't need to i don't need it to be my lifestyle sure i just when the moment comes Arises. i want to arise to the occasion you will suck the life out of someone. Okay. Just one time. Right. Yep. You will you will make them feel insecure on yep. purpose? Yep. You will tear apart their respect and reopen <laughs> their trauma wounds. You <laughs> yes. will reference deep pains that you know oh they're going to think about at night what at 2 I o'clock f- in the morning the week before. <laughs> what do I feel like? This is going to be used against me in court one day. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm more spelling it out. Do you really want to do that? Do you uh, want to be the reason that they have to go to therapy? Do you want to own that pain knowing that you trampled on the bones that the that the vultures really picked apart? You really try to wear me See, down. See, even when you're well, even when you're hypothesizing about tearing somebody else down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god. Well, thanks for uh tuning in this week for a, another rousing episode yes. of Parasocial. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's been fun. Next week, we're talking about something. and I know what we're talking about. Oh, what are we talking about, mommy? 
We're talking about Euphoria. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will be an interesting episode, I'm sure. Yes. As a little teaser, you know, some people are like, God, I really can't relate to Euphoria. I can. I haven't watched I it yet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go on that journey this week. But yeah, uh... <laughs> I can for sure. Oh my god, I'm not ready. I yeah. don't like that she said that. That you scares know? me. Okay, well, thanks. Thanks. Uh, we'll see you next time. See Bye. You next time. Bye. <laughs> Where are you going? You don't leave at the end of a Marvel movie. Before you do anything else, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr at Parasocial Angst. You can tell us what you think about the episode, write Hina love letters. What can I say? I'm a Leo. I run on praise and adoration. But you can send Momo your original fan fiction. She lives for that shit. I do live for that shit. But until next time. Have a snack. Call your therapist. As bona fide professionals, we have to give you the disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Not to mention that everything we say in this show is a reflection of our own personal views and does not necessarily reflect the views of Daydreamer Network. Precisely. For example, we think Buffy should have ended up with Angel. Daydreamer might be on Team Spike. That's not our business. Listen at your own risk.